The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Resurrection Sunday, and we are excited to celebrate with you. While we can't gather in person, we are not going to make that a reason we can't celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, I've got a little move for you that I want to celebrate a little with. So some flossing going on. If I can maybe do that, that's okay. So, okay, that's good enough. I'll quit there. But hey, a little resurrection floss for you. Um, Also, on a Sunday when we do gather on Easter, we typically gather with our Grove kiddos and give away a bunch of prizes. And the same thing is going to happen today, just a little different. So we got our Grove Kids team, we got our Grove Kids, and um, here goes nothing. So take it away. Hi, guys. My name's Emerson. I'm one of the Grove Kids leaders here, and I'm so excited to give away an Easter basket today to one of these lucky kiddos. All right, everybody got their tickets ready? All righty. Zero, zero, zero. Zero, zero, one. <gasps> Congratulations! All right. Happy Easter! My mama loves these. She she loves Purell and Clorox wipes. Happy Easter, kid. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, if you got a Bible with you, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28. If you got a smartphone with a Bible app, you can go there as well. But um, some of us who have been following Jesus for really two or three decades now probably remember human videos. Um, there were Christian artists putting out Christian songs, and probably some youth pastor or choir director back in the day decided it was an awesome idea to create a live drama using those songs. And my confession is this. I was in more of them than I can actually remember. Uh, there were there were slow, sentimental ones uh, that, that made you want to cry, and there were bold, upbeat kind of song videos that made you want to storm the gates of hell with a water pistol. But the classic of classics for any human video lover was a song by Carmen, and it was called The Champion. Some of you guys already knew where I was going with that. I remember some of the lyrics as it started that song. In the vast expanse of a timeless place, where silence ruled the outer space, ominously towering it stood, the symbol of a spirit war between the one named Lucifer and the morning star, the ultimate of good. Enveloped by a trillion planets, clean as lightning and hard as granite, a cosmic coliseum would host the end of the war between the Lord of sin and death and the omnipotent creator of man's first breath, who will decide who forever will be the champion. So that probably takes some of you back, but um, the song depicts Jesus' crucifixion, but it gives you kind of this, this window into the spirit realm where the side of evil think they're winning because Jesus is being, uh, because Jesus is being killed, but they don't understand. And the simple fact is, move, move that to the gospels and the disciples. And the fact is, when Jesus was crucified, the disciples didn't understand either. And here you and I are, and, and we, we've heard the story and we come together on an Easter. We go to church at different times throughout the year and we know the story and we go, yeah, yeah, he dies on a cross, but then he resurrects and something amazing happens and that's really great. And that's that. But but it's kind of sad that way. In fact, let me go back to the disciples for a second. Yeah, they didn't fully understand. Jesus tried to tell them in Matthew chapter 16, in Matthew chapter 17, and in Matthew chapter 20 in just Matthew's gospel alone. In fact, in chapter 16, it says this, looking at verse 21. 
From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus isn't mincing words when we read that. Go a chapter later to verse 22 of Matthew 17. When they came together in Galilee, he said to the disciples, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him and on the third day he will be raised to life. And they didn't understand that. Three chapters after that in Matthew chapter 20 in verse 17. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he'll be raised to life. So he tried to tell the disciples what was up, but they didn't fully understand it. And and when Jesus says what he says, it comes true. And he's delivered over to the religious leaders, and they condemn him, and he's mocked and flogged and crucified, and he dies. And Jesus is buried not very far from where he was crucified, and that's that. Now, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 28. In verse 1, it says this, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, verse 5, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly go and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid and yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Father, today I pray that, that this message would be something that, just like the disciples, they didn't fully understand. It is possible that as we're walking through this message, that there are many that don't fully understand what's going on. We've heard the story. We're familiar with the story. We know Jesus doesn't stay dead, that he raises up, and that's amazing. But there's so much more to it that my prayer today is that it would deeply impact how we live every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. When you look at what happens here, it has the two women, Mary Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, going to the tomb, and this angel appears, which would be amazing and crazy. I love how the soldiers, it says that they shook and fell to the ground or or, or shook and, 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 and were terrified. But then the angel says to the women, hey, I know you're looking for Jesus. He's not here. But the key is this. He says, he's not here. He is risen. Okay? That's the difference between who we follow and, and, and what we believe and every other world religion out there. It says here, he is not here. He is risen. 
come and see where he lay, then go and tell the disciples what happened, that he has risen. It's repeated over and over and over. Come and see. He is risen. Then go and tell. The same thing applies to you and me. There's something amazing about what's happening here that's meant for us to see and invite into our lives and realize the power of and then go and let others know what we have in Christ. What am I getting at? Well, here here we are on Easter Sunday, and again, it's a unique time. But nevertheless, we're celebrating something incredible. The key to Easter is this, the power of the resurrection. I would do far more than do a floss dance or a running man or whatever. If I could be on stage, man, it makes me want to jump up and down in celebration. Because the truth is this, power begins at the empty tomb. Easter is believing that he can do more than we ever might imagine. The disciples didn't understand But here's what I'm convinced of. I'm not sure there are people out there right now, and even myself, I'm not sure we fully know the power of the empty tomb. I said a moment ago that the key to Easter is celebrating the resurrection. Why is that the case? Well, obviously, a guy who's dead and is is raised to life, that's a pretty big deal. But it's bigger than that because that happened to Lazarus. Awesome. Celebrate Lazarus. But we don't worship Lazarus. What is it about Jesus? Here's the power that it is. Jesus overcame the grave. And it wasn't just the fact that he overcame. Paul goes on to tell us later on in the New Testament in Romans that that power is ours. So this resurrection power that's amazing that that Jesus experienced, it raised him to life, is the power that we have. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give a life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Okay, The good news of resurrection power, the good news of an empty tomb is this. We overcome death with the eternal life God has given us because of an empty tomb. For you and I, there's a moment where we're going to breathe our last breath. I don't ever have to, and I don't fear that moment, that that it's going to happen to every one of us. But when we get to that point, what we find is on the other side of this world is an eternity that Jesus is pulling us, inviting us into. That's amazing that we don't have to fear what's coming because Jesus has already made a way for us. He defeated death so that we can have eternal life. But the second point I want to make about overcoming is this. He overcame not just about eternity, but he overcame so that you and I can overcome with with spirit-filled living. There's something about what you and I ought to be living out every single day. Not once a year on Easter Sunday, not once a year at Christmas, you know, Christmas services or, or here and there, even Sunday to Sunday, but every single day. We overcome with spirit-filled living. What do I mean by that? I mean that the empty tomb leads us to a place of, of overcoming cynicism with hope, with trading anxiety for peace, with swapping purposelessness with meaningfulness, with sin being forgiven, with guilt and shame being nailed to the cross. 
resurrection power to overcome every single day. That's what we can live with, that the empty grave, the empty tomb is great news because Jesus overcame, Paul says, so can we. The reminder in Romans 8, 11 is that Christ gives us that power, gives us that life. It's why when you read in the very beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus told the disciples to wait and pray for that power. And what I'm excited about today is that I don't, I don't prefer that I'm sitting in a living room trying to share this with you. I would far rather be in a gathering where we can feed off of each other's energy and we can celebrate together. But nevertheless, there's something amazing today about what I want to pray here in a moment because I believe you being in your home praying this prayer possibly could be more meaningful than you sitting in a gathering at a church facility praying a prayer. And we're going to get to that in a second. So that's the good side of, of kind of the things we're experiencing right now. Let me come back to this, though. We sing a song by Elevation Worship, and we, we've sung it recently, called Overcome. And it says this, We will not be moved when the earth gives way. For the risen one has overcome. And then it says this, and for every fear, there's an empty grave. Think about that for a second. Think about that lyric for a second. For every fear, there's an empty grave. What do you fear? What overwhelms you? What anxiety grips you? What addiction makes you lay there at night and make you feel terrified of where does this lead in my life? What is this going to do in my future? When, when you think about that lyric, and for every fear, there's an empty grave for the risen one has overcome. Think about the power of that lyric. Now, going back to when you look at the story of, of, of Mary and Mary Magdalene and the encounter with the angel, and they're told to go and tell the disciples and share what's going on and the power of that moment for them. They bow in worship, and it's amazing. But as you continue looking at the gospel account of what's going on, in John it says this, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus himself said he has come to bring life abundantly. And that's not just a promise for you and I getting to eternity. That's awesome. And that's important. But the other thing you need to understand is going back to celebrating the resurrection, going back to the empty tomb. How about looking at it this way? It's time to remind fear when you have that moment that grips you and you feel it. It's time to remind fear. Guess what? There's an empty grave. It's time to remind that addiction, there's an empty grave. It's time to remind that anxiety, there's an empty grave. It's time for you to grab onto the simple fact that that resurrection power is yours to overcome those things that beat you down, to live life abundantly. God has given us life and life abundantly. For you to not live as a cynic, for you to not live greedy, for you to not live stuck in the mountain around and around the mountain of addiction, for you to not live in anger, there is an empty grave. It's weird because, like I said, when you and I kind of walk through this message and we're doing it online, we're in our homes, we're looking at a phone, we're staring at a computer screen or whatever you're doing, wherever you're at. But here's what I think is important. What if you and I pray a prayer full of faith right now? 
What if you and I, right where you're at, maybe in your living room, maybe in a bedroom, maybe in your kitchen, maybe at a dining room table, but for you to pray a prayer to invite the resurrection power of God into your home today, that you don't have to fall prey to the same stuff you've been battling your whole life, that you don't have to go around and around that mountain, that you can see God as a provider, as a deliverer, as a healer, as a redeemer of the life that you're called to live. And so I want you to take a moment right now and you can bow your head and close your eyes if you want to, but I simply want you to pray a prayer with me, just to agree with me. You don't have to repeat, but I'm gonna pray and you can just write right where you're at, just be thinking, yes, God, or you could say out loud in your living room, yes, God, or you can grab hands with a family member around you if you're listening with your family. You can grab hands and, and, and just say, hey, we're gonna pray this together and just agree with me and say, yes, God, and I really believe that the resurrection power of Jesus, the reminder of an empty tomb, is something that can envelop your whole family, is something that can envelop your whole life, is something that can envelop your whole house and every corner of your property. And so right now, that's what I want to pray. So if you want to bow, you can do that. But I'm going to pray, Jesus, I'm grateful for Resurrection Sunday. And I love, God, all that you've done, that you can give us life, not only that when we face that last breath, that eternity is ours in an amazing and good way, but so that every second that we live, we can be reminded there's an empty tomb. That, that, that for every fear, that for every addiction, that for every piece of bondage, that for every sin, for every shame, for every guilt, for every, every lack, for everything that, that tries to get a hold of us and, and, and steer us off track from what you want, there's an empty tomb that says, I paid the price so that you can have life abundantly. And I pray right now that that life would be released into every individual, into every family, into every couple, into every home, into every car they drive, into every place they go, into every every into every spot they head to work, every grocery store they visit, every place that when they can go somewhere eventually that they do, that God, your spirit would go before them in power. We need your resurrection power to live out what you ask, but you've already given that to us. The key to Easter is celebrating that the resurrection power is amazing for our Savior, and it's amazing for us because we need it. Fill every single one of us. Fill every one of our families, God. I pray we would live spirit-empowered lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for taking the time today to be a part of this gathering. Encourage you to share this with someone else on Facebook, on social media, or the link at our grove.church website. But again, thanks for taking the time. I hope you have a great week. Let's continue to pray together that, that the, the stuff going on in our world doesn't drive our world into a place of hopeless, hopelessness, but drives us to be the church in the world, providing hope and help and encouragement to a world that needs it. Come see and now go and tell. Let's live that out. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.